as you can see, it's a little bit different than uh, what it would normally look like, whatever normal has become. This is the new normal, I guess you would call it. Um, but today we're going to continue on the series, The Way of the Kingdom. And I want to, especially those of you that are watching online and may be a little unfamiliar with what's been going on here at the Rock of Central Florida, I want to speak to you first and to those that are visiting and are also unfamiliar with what's been going on. But I want to speak to you and I want to help you understand that one of the things that we believe about the kingdom of God is that it has become religion. Let me say it this way. Religion has become so exclusive. It has become inclusive of the church world, but exclusive of those who are not part of it. Which is exactly the opposite of what the gospel is supposed to be. So... Our heart and our desire is at some point a decision has to be made to begin to change that. I don't want to say one thing with my mouth and then never put my hands to it. I don't want to be speaking things and not touching it. I want to be a part of the change that comes from the word that is spoken. So because of that, um, I'm going to... I've invited these four panelists with me today, Tim Carney, Jenny Kerner, this is Roxanne Roman, and Dakari Campbell. Can you give it up for each of them? So I've invited each of them to sit with me on this panel, and I'm going to ask them questions that they have no idea. They will hear them for the first time, just like you will, because I want a raw answer. I want a raw answer from each of them about what I'm going to ask. None of the questions are difficult, they're not hard, but they might require some thought. Their answers might not be your answer. Yours could be completely different than what theirs is. This is the reason that we're having a panel. Because the only way to arrive at an answer that looks like the kingdom of God is when we get there by blending all these thoughts and these ideas and coming to a conclusion about what's the truth about that particular thing. Does that make sense? That's what the kingdom of God is all about. There are not many gospels. There is a gospel. There is the gospel. That's it. There is a single gospel and that is Christ. That is what He did to cause you and me to come into right relationship with His Father. The gospel was to restore our relationship with Jesus Christ, Daddy, who is Yahweh God. That is the gospel. And the methods of restoring that right relationship is the journey that we take. That is the way of the kingdom. That is the way of the kingdom. So let me begin today by, first of all, thanking each of you for being willing to sit on this panel and also thanking each of you for being willing to sit and to watch and observe and to be a part today. At the end of the discussion, if we have time uh, and you want to ask a question, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. You can ask of any of them or you can ask of me um, if we have time to do that. So when answers are given, if it prompts something in you that you would like to further uh, clarification on or something you want to add to that, make a note of it, and at the end, we will come back to that. But to begin, I want to read a scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, and that's what, this is what it says in the New Revised Standard Version. It says, ever since the creation of the world, His eternal power and divine nature 
invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. So they are without excuse. Let me read it again. Ever since the beginning or the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, they have been understood and seen through what he has made. So they are without excuse. To paraphrase paraphrase that, really what he's saying is, the evidence of the kingdom is all around you. So there is no excuse why anyone would deny it. There is no true, no one can say that the kingdom of God is not around me. It's not available to me because the evidence is everywhere. So for anyone to say the kingdom of God is nowhere near me would be to say that everything about Christ is a lie. Because the kingdom of God is around us, he says this, if you haven't seen it, open your eyes and look at your neighbor or look at your neighbor's neighbor or look around you to see the evidences. This is what he's saying. This is what I want to do today. I want to be a better physical demonstration. I want you and me to grow into a better demonstration of this word that is spoken by Paul. I want us to be a better demonstration of that so that no one around us can say, I've never seen. I've never witnessed. Everyone that knows you should be able to say, I've seen it. Whether or not they want to be a part of it, that's their decision. But you should not have a single friend that can say, I've never seen the kingdom. Because that is who you are. If indeed you are. If indeed you are. So I'm going to begin asking questions today. I don't have a lot of questions, but I'm going to ask each of them. Again, they don't know what they're going to be asked. And I'm going to ask them a question. They're going to answer. And I'm going to begin with Jenny Kerner. And Jenny, this is what I'm going to ask you today. When I say the way of the kingdom, what does that phrase mean to you? Okay. Um... So when I hear the way of the kingdom, um, I see it as a, um, when I hear it, I see a charge or a mandate. Um, I see it as um, the way being the characteristic, my mannerisms, my modes, who I am within myself, that is the way. Um, and then the way of the kingdom being that realm, that heavenly realm as I bring it into earth. I see it as, um, we talked about this before, about Yeshua being the way, the truth, and the life. And I see it as we are the way to the way. We demonstrate the way. If they don't know how, we are the way. How do I do it? If they see me place my hand like this, they know to place their hand like this. Until they can hear Holy Spirit for themselves the way that I do, and then they're able to do that from hearing it for themselves, then seeing it for themselves. Until then, they can demonstrate the way I'm, they can demonstrate what I'm demonstrating. That's really good. I can tell you that, I think it's true though, that if I asked everybody in this room to define for me the way of the kingdom, however many people are in this room, or however many people I asked, we would have a different answer. Because we're all going to make a statement, we're all going to answer that based on our own experiences, or based on our own knowledge or understanding of what that really is. And depending on how long we've been a believer, any one person, 
depending on how long that they've been a believer, I would say that it would be true, likely, that um, you would have more of a more of an answer that looks a lot like the common church of today. Would that be safe to say, you think? So, in a moment, I'm going to ask someone a question. I'm kind of preempting it. But I'm going to ask someone a question about how it looked then and how it looks now and what its original viewpoint really was. What was its original purpose and what was it supposed to look like in the beginning? It's important when you hear what Jenny just said, talking about the way. It's how I live it, how I demonstrate it, what it's in me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is encompassing everything that looks like the kingdom of God. It looks like... Because we know the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. We know that if that is true, where there is no righteousness, there is no peace, there is no joy, it's safe to say there is no kingdom. So, if the way of the kingdom is us living out that righteousness, there needs to be an element of righteousness, peace, and joy in each of us. Would that be true? So, Roxanne, how do you think the kingdom of God in the earth today is different than in the days of Christ when he was with his disciples. What's different then and now? Uh, What's different is that um, we have so many rules and regulations just to participate in a building. Um, Great. There wasn't that when Jesus was on the water and preaching to, you know, over 5,000 people. um, They didn't ask for membership. They didn't ask what your background was. They didn't ask, you know, like I remember... Uh, one of our, our youth, when I was way back then, um, and he shared. <laughs> We've some, all been there. <laughs> he shared. He shared something with the pastor about something that happened to him in his in his childhood, and he was banned from preaching and teaching and because of what happened to him, because that mm. was against the Bible. That was against. So he had no choice in the matter, but he was. They called it disciplina. Um, where you, you sit down for six months and you can't participate in anything. Wow. So uh, that's, that's the religion I grew up in. And um, they, they turned so many people away. Did it make you want to come back? Well, I mean, when you're witnessing these things, what made you want to come back? When you're, when you're observing the rules and the laws and, the, and the, that, that structure that was so manly and not necessarily godly, what made you want to come back the next Sunday? Well, when that's all you know, you think that's the way. Mm. So that's what I grew up in. So, you know, I questioned, oh, the drummer got a fade, so now that's modern and he's not allowed to play the drums. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, we're not allowed to wear jewelry or cut our hair or wear pants. Yes, we couldn't wear pants. And so, it's, um, but that's all I knew. <laughs> I honestly didn't start wearing pants until I got pregnant. And then I, and I came to church and I was just like, Oh, I still feel the presence of God, and I'm wearing pants. And it, it, wow. it really was that kind of revelation yeah. because that's yeah. all I knew. So yeah. I had those same, that same stigma. I had those same judgments against people because wow. I thought that was the kingdom of God. Wow. And it wasn't until maybe four years ago, every time I heard about one of your services, I'm like, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's exactly how I feel. Like, but I couldn't fight against the religion I was in. Because I felt like I didn't have the tools to say, I, I don't know why you're wrong, but I, I just know it's not right. So you felt like you were actually violating a, a uh, holy thing to, to, do some, to wear pants. To, yeah, 
This isn't holy. No. So you begin to question your own holiness. Is there any righteousness in me at all because I'm wearing... So you begin to question that because you grew up in that. Yeah, and we joked around about it. We, you know, the denomination was, am I in Spanish? And we used to call it Mission Impossible because you couldn't <laughs> live like that. Like there was, there was nothing wow. you could do to, wow. to meet those standards wow. according to the leadership. I'm going to preach a message entitled Mission Impossible. That was my life. I'll give you all the notes. <laughs> that... <laughs> So that's interesting because when you, yeah, you certainly, go ahead. Hello. Um, but yeah, there's kind of a mixture of both questions. Um, growing up, seeing that, growing up in the church, um, we, I definitely grew up in an old school church. So, you know, wake up every Sunday, going to grandma's church early in the morning at nine o'clock, you'll be there for... Supposed to be two hours, but it ends up being six hours, right? <laughs> six hours. Um, and it was, it was scary because, you know, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's scary as a kid because you're just, you're just sitting there and you're like, for so long, I had a fear of God. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a healthy fear. It was a fear because it's like, okay, I have to do all of this. I have to pass out to be in the Holy Spirit. Wow. I have to, wow. you know, scream and run around everywhere to be in the Holy Spirit. Mom's like, during praise and worship, I can't sit and pray uh, to feel his presence. I have to stand up. I have mm. to do this. I have to do that. So, you know, when you bring, it's hard when you bring in new people because, you know, you have your friend that's just sitting there. And you're just like, hey, you have to stand up now. It, it's, it's time to stand up. Like, that's, that's what we do in this church. We have to do, that's what we do. And they look at these like, oh, I have to do that? Like, that's what I, that, pretty much you're telling them, that's what I have to do to, to be with God. Mm. Um, so, the biggest thing that I learned when I came here is everybody's journey is different. That the things that you do to reach God, uh, to reach that level with God isn't the same things that I have to do to reach God. Mm. Um, the same prayer that you pray isn't the same prayer that I have right, to pray. Right. The same clothes you wear isn't the same clothes I have to wear. You know, because... But I want to wear your clothes because that's nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, my girl picked it up for me. She did that. Get you one like that. Uh, <laughs> not mine, but you know, another. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, that that's that's why I felt like for so long I was just so distanced from him. And even being in a household that was supposed to be so close, even being at home, you know, your cousins come and they're just like I don't want to go to Auntie Tarsha, that's my mom's. I want to go to Auntie Tarsha's house because she has so many rules. I don't want to be here. I can't play the games. I can't watch the TVs. And I understand why she did that to a point because she wanted to put me in an environment where I, wasn't, where I wasn't distracted. I wasn't prepared for what the world has. Um, but at the same time, I was still like, okay, do I really want to be in this do I really want to be a Christian if this is the way I have to live? That's because really good, Dakari. Let me, let, me, let me ask a question off course a little bit here. But the, um, so if, if the, 
on all of you, three of you that have spoken so far, you talk about the, the way versus what it looked like, what it is today, why we, you're here, why you wouldn't go somewhere else, whatever. With all of that in mind, rules seem to be one of those big things that are hurdles that are hard for people to jump over. And a lot of people, they, that's the reason they don't want to become a part of a ministry, a church anywhere, is because there's so many rules. But let me ask Tim, let me ask you a question. Is there a place for rules? Oh, absolutely. And then what do they look like? I mean, how do you, how do you come to, to a conclusion for the people that are watching today and they're thinking, you know what, I want the rules out and uh, I, don't, I don't want to go anywhere where there's rules. But if we go to a place where there's none, then where's the line drawn between chaos and, and kingdom and order? So we haven't had, I mean, if you look at the phone in your pocket right now, if it's more than two years old, you're like, oh, I got to get the new one. Or if you have a laptop that's more than like three years old, you want to get the new one. But we haven't had an update to the rules in centuries. So why is that? So my, my thought is there should be rules, but we should define them for our house. So if it was up to me, I would just chuck it all. Even the word gospel, someone made it up. Right. It's too, it's so why do we call it? What does Yahweh want us to call it? And I'm so, like, rethink everything and then decide for this house, what are the rules? Yeah. And I think it's not an easy task, but we're just repeating this process of basing what a church is on what everyone else said it was for centuries. Yeah. So what was right for the Hebrews was right for them. And then you have all these different cultures, the Romans, the, you know, the Greeks, then they kind of layered it over and then the, the Catholic church and all these. Yeah. So they all got to make their own rules. <laughs> Right, right. We came over right. here and we just said, all right, we're going to just do those. <laughs> and it's like, so True. let's just, and, and I know we've talked about it in the past before, but like there has to be structure. We have to decide on a day that works for all of us to meet. So there's that. And then there are things that we, we want to do. We want to know, okay, cool. We're going to have some songs. So I, I like that. I like to play right, up here. Right. So, and we can switch the order and you've done that before, but. What does brand new look like? What is totally just saying, okay, what does Yahweh want to tell us? What are the rules he wants? And literally throw away everything and add one at a time the ones that are necessary and start there. So let's ask this. So if, if at the end of the day, what are we after? At the end of the day, if you look at yourself in a mirror, what do you want to see? Do you want to see a person who obeys all the rules? Or do you want to see a person who has a deeper relationship with God? And all the rules that we've applied in, in the church don't get you to that deeper relationship with God. They make you look better in the mind of man, maybe. They make you lighter because you're not wearing jewelry or more comfortable because you're not wearing pants. I assume I've never worn a dress. I don't know if that's... So, so, yeah. So let me retract that. Who knows? Um, but at the end of the day, what do we want to arrive at? A son of righteousness or a good rule abider? I mean, again, the structure is necessary. We have to have this because we have to know when everybody's meeting. Maybe. Maybe. But ultimately, again, when we're talking about the way of the kingdom, what does it look like and how do we demonstrate that? I can tell you that the church... I'm going to use this phrase because everyone will be able to identify with it. It's not my phrase of choice, my description of choice. But the church of God today, the church of God today is not growing around the world. And it has not grown for years now. It's been years. 
There's not been an increase in believers coming into the kingdom. Why is that? Because believers that are in the kingdom are walking away because of the rules, because that's not the way of the kingdom. And then people who are on the outside are coming in until that they learn that this is more about rules than the way, the truth and the life, as Jenny said. So there's this revolving door that keeps spinning people in and spinning people out, but there's no real growth. But what happens when the way of the kingdom becomes less about the rules, less about the guidelines, less about the membership, and more about the relationship? When there is a pressing in, no matter how I dance or pray, or no matter how I look, or no matter how I feel, and I come in and I become a part of this, what happens then? At the end of the day, I hope, my prayer is, at least in this house, the vision for each of us that call at home and that watch online on a regular basis, my hope and my desire is, at the end of the day, we are pursuing relationship with Jesus Christ. We are pursuing that relationship and the rules are not as important as... Listen, not every rule applies to every single person. So when we try to make every rule fit, it's never going to work. It breaks the system down. It does not build the kingdom up. People just add more rules. People just add more rules to fix that. That's exactly right. Then it becomes politics. Correct. And so what I thought of immediately when you were talking was, if I was like, all right, everybody, here's how a marriage is supposed to work. You're going to follow this exact thing. Everyone would be divorced. (laughs) Because you're not the same people as me and my wife. So what works for us, so what, what illuminated to me was, it's about a principle. So if you're, if you're firm in your dedication to that principle, but you're flexible in how you approach it, then you don't need to have a specific guideline that well says said. do one, do two, do three. You say, no, 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 no. Do this thing however you want to approach it, however you want to tackle it, whatever's good for you. And Yahweh knows he made us. He wants the way that you approach him to be the way that you were made to approach him. And the way that I approach him should be different. It's great. And so I think if we do it that way, we can get somewhere. It's great. Tim, this, oh, go ahead. You have something to say? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I, I equate it to my home. I, I have children in my home all the time. I love kids. Um, there's rules and regulations when you come to my house. There's standards. There's no jumping on the sofa. There's, it's to keep you safe and to, to protect the stuff that I've worked hard for. Sure, right. I, you know, I don't believe in baby-proofing my house. House-proof your baby. You know, they, they, you know, they will learn. So that's what I'm saying. But, but they don't have to follow rules and regulations to it. earn my love, love to that. earn my trust, love to earn that. my... Like, they could come to me any which way that they, they need to according to their personality. But there's still rules and regulations in the house. So it's to protect what's the material. It's to, and in the same time, you're guiding and instructing. But you could come to me any way for love. It's great. So. It's great. Thank you. Tim. Whose responsibility is it to ignite God's kingdom in the lives of the people that are outside these walls or even in these walls? Whose Um, responsibility? It's each of our own individual responsibilities. If you're sitting out there watching and thinking that you're not a part of this panel, you need to change the way you're thinking. Well said. So it's easy to watch Steve and the pastors and or what you know, whatever the roles are, the elders, the ministers, whatever you want to call them. But if if we all approach this, I'll tell you what was the paradigm shift in me is when you said, hey, in five years, things are going to change. I thought, okay, so then I'm responsible for the Rock of Central Florida that Evelyn Elaine Carney grows up in. Mm. Because I know what I grew up in when you were there, and it saved my life. 
So I have to make sure that I rise to the occasion so that the quality goes up, not down, when you well shift. Said. And so it's all of our responsibilities. And we have to go past the – it's really easy to come here and do just the amount that is required socially to interact. And you say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, you're not. But you say that. And, uh, but it's easy to do that. And so the, the times where I've had the most of a shift between two people is when we've done things outside the house. Where you can't be in church. You're at a restaurant and you're talking about yeah, that show great. that you watch on Netflix. Yes, I watch Netflix. And so... But those interactions that go beyond just that social barrier of all of us kind of just walking through that little plinko, you just right. instead stop and, and say, hey, Matt, what's been going on? And it's difficult, so you can only choose a couple of people a week, but choose a couple of people a week. And I can ignite that in you by just saying, hey, I just really sense that Yahweh is doing this in you, or whatever it is. It's great. But taking it away from, all right, let's all file in and uh, see what Steve wants to teach us today. But instead, what does right. Yahweh have in me for Matt Hoffman? Amen. Amen. And letting Holy Spirit stir that in you. And if we all do that, then all you're doing is this sort of guidance of the, the main vision of the house. But then we're all executing it at a person-to-person level. That really goes along. Thank you, Tim. That really goes along with the, my heart has always been, and those of you that have walked with me for any length of time, my heart is, I'm looking forward to the day when people walk in the building and they have no idea who the leader is. They have no idea. One of the reasons we removed the titles years ago is because I don't like setting people apart. I don't like the idea of saying this person is more important than that person. I didn't like being Apostle Steve, Pastor Steve, whatever Steve they wanted to call me. I didn't like being that person. I like being Steve Parker. That's who I was born as. Somebody thought it really cool to name me that. And I want to honor the person who named me that. And the title was less important. And when people come in, the, the vision is if we all take that responsibility then we are all leading. Then we are all being a voice. But when we prop somebody up in front of us every single week, and it's always that same person propped up in front of us, somebody's giving guidance, I'll give guidance, but I want you to be able to see past that person. And, when, and it's not the same person propped up there every single week. At some point, people begin to realize, oh, there, there's something in all. They stop anticipating, as Tim said, I'm just going to let him teach me. Yeah. And they come in ready to be a teacher yes. or to be a pastor or to be whatever. I was just going to say on the heels of that, you start to come into the mindset of that can be me. Right, it can right. be you. You can be up here. Right. You're qualified yeah, yeah. just because you're here and you're willing. So, but when you, that's what happens. You start thinking it's not the us's and the them's. It's not, oh, well, them, the folks that have been here for 20 years. So they got it together. It's like, no, we're all, we're all right, together. Right, if right, you're here right. right now and you've been here for one minute, welcome. We're here. Amen. Amen. It's great. Well said. Well said. All right, Dakar, are you ready? All right, here we go. How does the younger generation differ? <laughs> Everybody else on this panel is offended right now except for Dakar. How does the younger generation differ from the older generation in relationship to the way God's kingdom is lived? No pressure, but you're speaking on behalf of everybody that considers himself part of the younger generation, like, like me. Uh, young salute. Uh, <laughs> um, I saw that. <laughs> um, 
I think that. Can you say it one more time? Just one more time. I so can. I How does the younger generation differ from mm -hmm. the older generation in relationship to the way God's kingdom is lived? What is your expectation? I, what does a younger generation expect versus what you think, anyway, true or not true? It's mm -hmm. just perception. What does the younger generation expect when they're living out God's will and purpose in the kingdom versus what the older generation, what you think the older generation expects okay. it to um, look like? So just to start us off, um, I think that the younger generation nowadays, kids, are, kids in general are going through a lot. Um, they're dealing with a lot, a lot of things they don't want to tell the older generation. Um, so when they... When they're coming to Christ, they are bringing a lot, a lot of different situations than the older generation is. Um, you know, there's so many things out there in the world that uh, can distract or take away from what God is trying to put in their life. Um, so... Can I interject something yeah, there? When I think about what you're saying right there, and let's just, I want to pick out one particular thing that's different in your generation than, than it was in my generation. Mm -hmm. Nothing that's going to arise in the younger generation, nothing, is unavailable to those of us in the older. Mm -hmm. But there was a time when those of us who were in the older, that thing that is present today was not present then. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about a specific thing mm -hmm. in relationship to what you're saying. Social media. In my generation growing up, there was no Facebook. There was no, nobody had a computer. Um, I mean, we didn't have a microwave till I was 14 years old. So, you know, think about, we didn't have a VCR. I mean, we didn't have these things. And our remote control had a 25-foot cable. I was born in 64. But, um, but we didn't have, certainly, to stay on point, we did not have social media. And today, the older generation, if we're not careful... I mean, we just chop social media up. We think of all the ways it's just terrible, it's, it's a crime, it's, it's creating this environment for the kids. They get lost in this, they, get lo they, they meet people they shouldn't meet, they're offered things they shouldn't be offered, they become aware of things that's way too early for them to be aware of, and we just pile all the blame on social media. So in your regard, with social media in your generation, you guys are, I mean, you attack it. Like it is, man, life depends on it. I mean... I get texts today from anyone under 35 years old, and there's no caps. They don't capitalize the first letter of the sentence. Almost no punctuation, and almost everything is an abbreviation of something. So I'm Googling, trying to figure out what did they just say. It takes me longer to figure out your text than it would have been if you'd have just called me. But that is your generation, is your texting, and, and you're all involved in it. But this is the thing. What... From our perspective, looking back at your generation, to me, if I'm not careful, I look at social media, man, that's getting in the way of the kingdom for Dakari Campbell. That's getting in the way of the kingdom for Mina Batista. That's getting in the way of the kingdom. And I can attack it, man. I can attack it from a very different angle. As a parent, we didn't let our kids have Facebook until, I don't know when we let them have it, but it was later than it is today. We didn't let them do that because we were like, this is not of God. You know, this is bad. And 
we, were, we attacked it from the wrong perspective. But let me ask you this. Would it also be true? Don't you think it's true? Shouldn't it be true? That even though this generation might look at social media and say, everything about that is anti-kingdom because there's so many evils in it. Wouldn't it also be true that your generation, if they have a right relationship with the Father, can change social media to produce a righteous result? Yeah, yeah. So... So the thing that's so great about social media is that it's quick. It is very fast. Um, right. Y'all somebody, send me stuff, man. I click yeah. on it. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there, there, there's, um, it's very quick. So there's been times where I could just wake up, go on my phone, and I'm scrolling through Facebook, and all of a sudden somebody had just shared a message from a pastor that I never knew about. I'm like, okay, well, you know, let me just – it's playing in the background. I'm, I'm not really paying attention to it. And then something hits me out of nowhere from that. And it makes me turn real quick and go, oh, snap. What is he talking about? What, what happened in this message that he's talking about that, I, that I'm connecting mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. that I need to go deeper into? And I feel that that's something that social media is so great with. It's, it's a way for us to connect with people that we didn't think we could connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, those people that have questions that have concerns, that aren't really sure about um, the way that a church is, you can go online real quick and see, oh, well, this church is meant for me, and this church may be all the way in Ohio, and this pastor is preaching something that, mm. that was meant for me, that, that, that I was built to hear, that I can now later on give to people who are living here like I can right. literally make a church or I can literally cre- create something that is in Ohio and Florida that's because great. I can use what he said over here um and that's something that my geographics sister, don't matter anymore yeah. they don't they don't matter anymore yeah. you can literally build a church online if you want to yeah um and do and spread the gospel if you want to and it doesn't even have to be um spread through you know video stuff that you see on um on Facebook, stuff like that. If you're doing a certain thing that you love to do, if you are, you know, playing video games and people are coming in and watching, you take five minutes out that time to go, hey guys, real quick, I'm very, you know, I'm very connected with God. This is this is why I do what I do. I love doing, but I'm also able to spread a little bit of what God did for me to you guys. Do you guys mind if I talk to you about him real quick? If you don't want to listen to it, you know, not a big deal. But I do feel like this is, a, this is something that Great. I was meant to do and that God gave me this calling to share, to play, these, to play these games that you enjoy, but also now I have an opportunity and a platform to now share what God has done to me. It's great. And That's to great. Uh, let you guys know that, um, or if you have any questions, that I'm here for you. Now, kids see that. And people, younger generations see that and they go, dang, he's like me. Mm-hmm. And I love what he's doing. Yeah. I, I love what he's creating. Mm-hmm. I love what he's sharing. How, how, do, I, how do I become that? And yeah, then you're able, I, I did it all through Yahweh. I did it all that's through great. God. And they're like, oh, well, I need, to, I need to press more into that. And now they ask questions. And that's the greatest thing about kids. They ask questions a lot. Yeah. And if they, go to, if, you can, if they have a person they can go to that they're comfortable with that isn't their parents, that is Yahweh-filled, now they can get questions answered from them in the correct way they should be. And you know what? I think a, a good example, too, of the, the, the difference between where you're at and where we're at, the older generation versus the younger generation, uh, the more mature generation versus the younger generation. 
The difference is, is it a perfect example of this week? So, Dakari's talking about the social media and the aspects and the opportunities that are available to a righteous son and a daughter. And bearing in mind, anything that's creative, anything that's born out of creativity, all comes from the heart of God. It's not up to God how people use it. They have a will. But all creativity comes from the heart of God. But with that, this week, I sent everybody on this panel an email. I sent the email to them because in my school, in my generation, that's how we communicate. So I sent everybody on this panel an email inviting them to be a part of the panel today, knowing that they would not... (laughs) they would not know what the questions are. I heard from everybody right away except social media. (laughs) So I said to him, I reached out to my daughter this morning. I said, can you get a hold of Dakari and see if he got my email? So Dakari comes to the office and I said, did you get my email? He said, well, after I knew that I was sent one. He didn't look until he knew that it was sent. That's no bad on him. That's just a, a, an opportunity. That's the difference in the way of the kingdom at, in one generation versus another. How do we make those both places work together? That's where we're headed. Good answer. Thank you, Dakari. Um, so, Jenny, what concerns you? <clears throat> excuse me. What concerns you about the people who might decide to come to the Rock if we decide to live with the original Christ anointing? Okay. <laughs> oh, heavy, revy. Um, I guess, okay, one more time. Say it one more time. So what concerns would you have about the people who might decide, I'm going to go to the rock because they're not churchy anymore. They would decide, I'm going to go to the rock because they don't have all those rules and, and all of that anymore. What concerns you about the people who might suddenly begin to come when we decide that we're going to do it like Christ did it and stop doing it like man's rules did it? So I think what would concern me about that would be first um, motive, like motivation, what their motivation is. Um, And then, you know, if they are coming just to, you know, maybe they're just coming to get, just coming to take, that's a better word, just coming to take, um, not necessarily get ingrained, not necessarily come in and be a part um, and want to grow. Um, So then, you know, they just come in, they take, and then they go. Um, I think my other concern would be, you know, oh, I'm just being really real. Okay, I'm being real. Um, We are such a tight group like, we are so united and tight as a family, like, really a family. Like, when I look at everybody here, that's what I see. And, and it's, we have worked on this. Like, we have worked on this, and we have built trust with one another. Um, so that kind of, like, that, that part scares me a little bit, because I'm like, no, don't, don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> It's just really like, but then, but then, you know, I have that thought. So then I have that thought. But then right behind that thought, I know deep, deep, I know that Yahweh's got it. I know that whoever comes in here, it's okay. It doesn't matter if they do come in to take, they'll be gone very quickly. They'll be weeded right. out. It's not going to be a long thing. It, it will right. be, that will be, because we're a people of discernment and it will be uncovered very quickly. And you guys are so protective of us. So it's like, 
there's safety. Like this is a safe place, but it's not just, and again, when I have that thought, I instantly go into that mode of, it's not just a safe place for me. It's not just a safe place for us. That's what you've been telling us for weeks. Like we have to be willing to say, this is a safe place for everybody, no matter what, no matter what their motive might be, no matter where they're coming from, no matter what they were doing last night. So it's like that, I guess that would be the flesh is like, oh, don't come in and like mess things would you, up. Would you say that that, you know, in the first service, when first, first message, uh, part of the series, we talked about seeing through conditions and seeing the possibilities. And but when I say that statement, it's almost apparent or almost understood. It is understood that what it's really speaking of is the person who's on the outside that might be coming. But what if it's us that has the condition? What if our condition is, I just don't feel safe with those folks in here. You know, I got little kids or I've got this or I, what if the condition is us? So I was actually thinking something along those lines the other day that, um, thinking about the people and that very word conditions, thinking about their conditions. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, when Jesus was, you know, walking around and going town to town, um, he, I, I genuinely believe that was never a consideration. I don't think he looked at anybody's condition, um, because he didn't have a condition. The church had developed the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the church had developed a condition where they, and I was telling someone anyway, I, I, they had developed a condition where they would not sit with people they did not deem worthy. Mm-hmm. They would not eat with people they did not deem worthy if they didn't have on the right clothes. And it was what you've been saying, that get cleaned up mm-hmm. um, and then come. Get cleaned up, get that stuff under control, and then come. And Jesus never did that. He right. never, right. he literally walked with them. Right. He literally, literally walked with them. So literally. I do believe it is a condition um, that the church has. And I think... One of the ways to get out of that, or not get out of that, but one of the ways for that raw gospel to come about and for the way to truly be made apparent within our city and within our our place, within the land that is our bread, um, is I think that part of that peeling off those layers is not trying to see what the world is doing and then recreate it and say, we're going to make right, it better, right. but is to say, father, what are we to be doing? And then do do it the kingdom right. way. The first time that being the way and never having to undo anything in the first place. Amen. Well said, you know, I, I can tell you, I want you to look around, look around, look to your right and to your left right now. You have no idea who's sitting beside you and what they have done. You have no idea what they've done that at one point separated them from God. And maybe there's still separation. You have no idea what they're guilty of. There are people in this house, in this ministry, that have done things that if you knew about them, you would think there's no way I'm sitting, not only am I not sitting on the same row, if we live under the condition of, I'm fearful of this condition. You wouldn't sit on the same row. You wouldn't sit on the same side. In fact, you would probably stand in the lobby while they were present. But yet not knowing removes all fear. And I love how Yahweh has the ability to remove that visibility, to cause us to be blind to those things that are really are irrelevant. Really do not matter in light of the kingdom of God. They do not matter. So when we speak of these concerns... 
that's true. That's raw to say, you know what? Nevertheless, no matter how much I love the Father and I believe everybody, we have to look outside of our little circle and say, at some point, if we're not careful, the church world, which I believe is exactly what the church world has done, has become incestuous. It's eating its own seed. It's eating its own provision. And it's eaten, it has eaten its own provision for so long, it is beginning to implode until one day there'll be no more because there's no room for someone outside to come in because we do not make it easy for someone who does not know God to come in. Can we change that? That is my heart. I don't want anyone coming in, what do I have to do? What do I have to wear? What do I, how do I have to talk? How do I have to look? I don't care how they look, how they act, how they talk. I want them to come in. And even if they come to take, as Jenny said, even if they come in the beginning as taker, I'm only going because I need food. I'm only going because I need a bill paid. I'm only coming because I'm going for this reason and I'm just taking. If that's the only reason they're going, let them come. If that's the only reason they're here, let them come. It's not up to us to take care of them. That's up to the Father. And if we will receive those to whom, whomever He sends, we're going to receive. Amen? Well said. Thank you. Roxanne. How have the teachings of these last few weeks, the way of the kingdom impacted your thinking about God's kingdom and our part in it? Uh, well, drastically, considering what I came out of, um, there was a lot of things that didn't make sense. And these series that you've been teaching kind of put the pieces together cause I did, I, because I didn't get exposed to anything other than what I was exposed to. And when things just didn't sit right in my spirit and I couldn't explain it, and then I would hear a message. I'm like, that's, that's, that's what that part is. So I'm putting pieces together. Mm. And as an adult with adult children that are about to get married, I sit and have conversations with them. Wow. And it's like, God didn't bring you this far to throw you away. Right, right. It's like, that's like working at a, at a company for 30 years. You make one mistake, you lose your pension. And, it's like, and that's the way I grew up believing. Mm. It's like, if God brought me this far, and it's not going to throw me away because I mess up according to whoever's right, perspective. Right. Because it's not even my own. If I'm okay with what I'm doing, mm. then that's between me and God. And if it's not okay, then again, it's between me and God. Like I, sh- I have that relationship where I would feel my own conviction. I don't need somebody to point that that's out good. for me. So hearing all these things and putting all these pieces together, it's like the younger generation now, Although they have the social media and they have all these, they have it better. They're coming into Christ free, whereas coming from captivity, we're trying to break free still. Because there's certain things that that we still fight against. When I first started coming here, every Sunday morning was a battle. It was a battle. One morning I I almost cried because I didn't want to come. And I was like, God, I don't understand why you're bringing me here. Like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel home. Mm. And then... The one thing you preached about was the rapture, which has been at my heart for years because I couldn't explain it. And you said it that I was like, all right, God, I got it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> so that's it. Well said. Well said. So, Dakari, in a sentence, and any of you can answer this as well, but I'm going to start with Dakari. In a sentence, what would you say to everybody that's watching today, both in this building and online? What would you say to everyone that's watching and listening? to all of us speak today about the way of the kingdom. In a sentence, what would you just say to them about genuinely walking out the way of the kingdom? 
I feel like the best thing to say to them is um, there is no right, there is no cookie cutter way to live in the kingdom or to be the kingdom. Every way is different, but pretty much everything, there's different ways you can do it. Um, but if it fits you and makes you closer to God, then that's what's right for you. And don't let, don't let anybody push you away from that. Don't be afraid to be different when it comes to that. It's good. Um, because that's, again, that's one of the scariest things to do is to, that's one of the scariest things to do to be in the church is to be different. Right, right. When you're different, you are pushed some churches you're pushed out. Right, absolutely. If you yell a certain way, people turn to go, why, right. why is he doing that? Yeah. That's not what we do here. So if that's the way you do it, continue to do it that way. Amen. And, Amen. And love it because Amen. you're honoring God in your way, and that's what's important good. to him is that you're doing it the way that he built you to do it. It's good. Good word. Good word. Most churches that I ever went to when I was a kid, all of them. I don't know any of them that would be different. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be allowed because you got earrings on your, stuck in your ears. You wouldn't be allowed and you got dreads on your head. You wouldn't be allowed. You would not be allowed. Or you wouldn't be allowed because you got britches on, pants. <laughs> so, anybody else have anything you want to add to that in a sentence? Yeah, I would just say um... specifically just forget everything you know. Uh, let's just deploy all the baggage and you have your part in creating something new. Let's make something brand new. Amen. How about that? And let's literally just destroy everything that's been and start from scratch. Amen. And then only include what is necessary. Amen. Let's do that. And you're a part. You don't have to have any experience. You don't have to have any knowledge. That's better, actually. Right. So come as you are and be a part of creating something awesome. We want you. Amen. Amen. Yes. Um, And what... What it's crazy to me that the church hasn't seen yet through this time that it's been growing and it's been changing that so many changes has happened and it's opened up so many doors to so many great things. Mm. So before you didn't see a lot of women pastors, mm-hmm. but now you see a lot of them mm-hmm. to where um, they've opened doors and opened opportunities to so many other people and brought people into this world that needed to be in here. That might, may not have thought, oh, I can't do that because they only, only men can really be into that. I right. can't do that. Well, right. now they have to see somebody that's, when you see somebody like you and that's doing things that you go, oh, you can do that? I didn't, I didn't know I could do that. That's allowed? I didn't know that was allowed. Well, now I feel com- more comfortable. It inspires. To, more, yeah, more comfortable. When people are bouncing around, jumping around, oh, you can do, it, it's a lot easier when you see people doing something that you want to do. Because a lot of people have thoughts in their head of, oh, I, I really, I really want to get up and run. My mom used to do it all the time. Dakari, I'm so excited. God, help me. I'm, I'm about to run. Mom, why are you running? Because he told me to. It's because great. that's what's in me. And somebody goes, oh, I didn't know I could run too. My, I, and my, as a kid, I didn't know I could run to, to, to be happy. I didn't know that when God <laughs> gives me something, I could just run around. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. So when you see, when I see her doing that, I used to wake up like, mommy running? Yeah, I'm running. Why? God did something. Well, let me run with you, mom. Let's, let's, let's run around this couch. Let's be it. happy. So now, now I'm more comfortable to do that. I mean, I do it here yet. <laughs> But now that you know, you see me running. Come on, come on, that's Dakari. why. Come um, on. But yeah, don't be afraid to 
do that because you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's getting something from that. It's great. It's great. You know, when, when I think about it and where we are today and what we are, there are people out there right now, they would, they would not only be here, but they would be in buildings that are meeting for ministry, for services today. See, I don't believe the building. You know me. I don't believe the building's the church. We're the church. Each of us is the church. Um, but there are people that are meeting, sitting outside buildings everywhere today within a walk, but they're not going. And they're not going because they have an expectation of what they're going to get, what they're going to get in, inside. They, in their mind, they don't think about how they're going to be received. They think about how they're going to be rejected. That isn't our call. Our call is to be exactly who the Father called us to be. The way of the kingdom is being what Christ was to the woman at the well. Being what Christ was to a, to a woman who was about to be stoned for adultery. Our call is to be what Christ was anytime there's somebody around us or near us that isn't living the way we think that they should. That isn't, that isn't up to you and me. That's up to the Father. So with that, I'm speaking. I speak to every corner of Central Florida. And I declare to every corner of Central Florida, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever the condition of your life, you are welcome here. You are welcome in our lives. You are welcome to be counted among us. You are welcome to be present with us. You are welcome to move around with us. You are welcome to worship God with us. You are welcome to lift your hands with us. You are welcome to be healed with us. You are welcome to be saved with us. You are welcome to be changed with us. You are welcome wherever you are today. We speak that over you and to the people of this house, to the people of this house, be a voice. Invite them to come. And if they think that they're going to get what they would have gotten before, let them know it's not the same. It is not the same. We are going to be a testimony of the grace of God in such a way that people are going to be added to the kingdom and the kingdom of God will forever be increasing and we're going to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.